Thank you for listening to part two of this two-part episode of Manufacturing Success. In case you missed it, part one is currently available on fisherphillips.com. Well, certainly there are a number of important steps manufacturers can consider uh, looking at the things that could be coming down the pipe for workplace safety and the, act, uh, the actual plan that they ought to have in place if an inspection occurs. But let's talk about some of the things that uh, maybe from a preventative standpoint, you're sitting here in 2023, what are some things employers could do now before they have a complaint or they have an inspection event show up? Yeah, certainly. I mean, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? You know, Ben Franklin said that a long time ago or somebody famous anyway. So um, this is always a recursive process and our safety professionals out there know this. Same thing with HR in, in terms of their policies and procedures is you have to develop your policies, you have to train on them, you have to enforce them, and then you have to audit them, right? And how to do that effectively sometimes is have somebody from the outside with a set of fresh eyes come in, uh, because if you see it and live with it every day, sometimes you just pass by and don't notice, especially with safety issues in the plant. And I'm not talking glaring issues, I'm talking you know, something that, that you just miss because it's it's on the wall and you're running past it to get to something that's more important. So I would recommend that periodically, whether it's every year, every two years, twice a year, having an outside uh, group come in and perform an audit to give you feedback and then, you know, listening and implementing uh, that information. And then obviously focusing on your training program and making sure you're staying on top of things like retraining forklift operators, things like that, having a good tracking system so that those things aren't falling through the cracks. Now, with those type of audits that you mentioned, they covered you know, inspections of operational areas for safety and review of documentation too? They can, and that's, that's what I would recommend as well, because again, a, a second set of eyes uh, is always helpful. Something that I always say about audits though, is they're a double-edged sword. You have to do them to have an effective safety program and also a compliant one with OSHA. But if you get an audit uh, report back from most third parties and uh, you don't follow through with those action items, then that can lead to knowledge on the employer's part of a hazard. And if something happens in the interim, you might be setting yourself up for a willful citation. So you do have to follow through. It's not just the audit process. What's your experience with employers using like safety committees or getting employees involved? I think most, you know, especially manufacturing, they're going to have a safety uh, manager, safety professional that oversees this is going to do a great job and know a lot. But what kind of experiences have you seen uh, with employee safety committees or employee involvement? So I think they're absolutely critical to uh, establishing a good workplace safety culture. Um, some state plans require them. So I think Oregon requires a safety committee out in uh, Oregon Ocean. What's critical though, is that you figure out what is effective for you and how to structure it. Because if you have too many people then someone sits in the back and they don't raise their hand and they don't bring forward their concern. 
If you have too few people who aren't representative of your entire facility, then you're not catching things in certain areas. Um, so you have to find the balance there. And again, a lot of times safety committees become a good think tank for potential issues in the plant. But you really have to take that data that you get and those concerns and follow through with them. So a lot of times I see safety committee meeting minutes where an issue is brought up. They table it for discussion for the next one. They try to come up with a solution. They never really do. And then it becomes a document that actually can hurt you in an inspection. So I think it's great. I think it empowers employees, employees who feel like they're hurt or less likely to complain about issues. Um, you just have to make sure that you strike that right balance of having the right composition and following through on what you're getting from that safety committee. Mm -hmm. Kurt, now in the, I keep referring back to traditional labor matters because there's a lot of uh, common issues and items uh, between workplace safety and traditional labor because we're doing those in facilities. Uh, in traditional labor, it's important for employers to know who their statutory supervisors are. Is there anything like that with OSHA or the workplace safety issues of knowing, you know, having definite ideas and knowledge of who your supervisors are? Well, from an employee standpoint, it, it helps if they know who their chain of command is because it looks poor on the company if, if they don't, right? They, they need to be able to know who they can go to if they have a safety concern or an issue, or if they're reporting another employee's unsafe behavior. For the company, it's important to understand what a supervisor is, and we may get into this more in detail in the next uh, podcast when we do one, but it's important to know who a supervisor is because supervisor statements bind the company. So when you make a statement as a supervisor to OSHA, it is as, it is if XYZ company, your employer made that statement. Are there some things that our, our workplace safety practice group offers as far as these preventative uh, services that people should be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. So I always tell people when you think of a, a lawyer in a law firm, that's, that's really all you think that they are. But we've done some really special things here at Fisher Phillips, I think, uh, in terms of hiring uh, non-attorney uh, safety professionals. So Right now, we have two of them. Uh, I believe we're looking to have a third soon. Um, they are capable of going out and performing audits, reviewing policies and documents uh, to an extent uh, in certain areas, training employees if there's a training deficiency. Um, one of them teaches actually for an environmental health and safety program, uh, some courses at the University of Alabama. Um, and we've had great success with them going out to employers. The other one that we have that's an interesting resource is, you know, in today's world, unfortunately, active shooter is a potential reality. And we have uh, a gentleman who partners with our firm um, and he has the resources and the knowledge to assist employers and manufacturers with developing an active shooter protocol and also potentially seeing warning signs. He was in the military and I believe he actually drafted one of the plans uh, for one of the military branches following an incident. I think it, maybe it was Fort Hood. Um, so uh, he is a great resource and we've used him with success with employers. Very good. That, that sounds, that's very helpful. I, you taught me some stuff there that I wasn't aware of. That's very helpful. And I, whether you're a manufacturing employer or not, I think those are some good uh, 
services and opportunities there. Um, well, uh, yo, Kurt, I've enjoyed this. This is very helpful. Um, yeah, I know it just seems to me there's a lot of uh, uh, discussion out there with uh, electronic vehicles, electric vehicles and manufacturing. So I think that's one area where I know manufacturing is going to be increasing and expanding. There's a lot of growth in that area. So I think the things that you said uh, are going to be really important. Uh, I appreciate your insight on what could be coming down the road and some practical pointers. Uh, appreciate you being here today. Any final words you want to give uh, before we close off here? Uh, just that I really appreciate you having me on. I hope we do a, another one here soon because I think I think these dovetail really nicely. Uh, our two groups, workplace safety and manufacturing. Uh, I would remind the listeners out there if they don't know, uh, there's a lot of resources on Fisher Phillips website, uh, including you know white papers on safety that keep you up to date on uh, the changing landscape. And also we do have, much like Mike does here, a podcast called Fisher Phillips uh, Toolbox Talks, uh, which airs uh, monthly or semi-monthly. Sometimes I must admit uh, there's so many OSHA inspections going on that I don't always keep my monthly schedule. We're working to do better. Well, I'm sure it's a great podcast and I'm sure people will be benefiting from this. Well, Kurt, thank you. Thank you for being a guest on Manufacturing Success. Hope everybody out there uh, is doing well and stay safe. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. This podcast provides an overview of a specific developing situation. It is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal advice for any particular fact situation. Thank you.